0: Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another lovely edition of Jaybird Watching. I am Craig Boren, your host this week. Brendan Panikar is with me as always, and here to help me celebrate—it's my birthday.
1: Yeah, happy <laughs> <my> birthday, Mister <laughs> Borden. There you Borden, go. There you the, go. Uh, the mastermind behind the whole operation. How's your birthday gone, man?
0: Oh, I have a beer in hand. Can't be too bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, you should have a second. Should have a second one for me since I'm not drinking this entire month. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There, so there's mine. You can have it.
0: <laughs> there you go. Mr. Uh, Panikar here is doing the whole, I'm not drinking for November fun. So,
1: yes.
0: um, I'm technically not drinking in November. I'm drinking an Oktoberfest.
1: Hey, that's it. Uh, there you go. <laughs> or can bend the rules you know, however
0: you want canadian uh sam adams commercials or anything up there but right now it's just there you have this ad campaign It's that it's your cousin from boston and they get to just do all this stupid
1: shit no, and the stupid boston accent
0: boston guy basically and he's at an october Octoberfest, and he goes hey Octo fest this is great <laughs> you know <laughs> stuff like I'm, that
1: I'm, I'm very glad i can't see that commercial by the way you described it <laughs>
0: pretty amusing, honestly, for being yeah. you've been to Boston and, you know, enough of our Blue Jays fans have seen Boston anything, you know, it it hits the stereotype, just saying. Oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> can only imagine. Which I think is hilarious because the brewery is in Boston and they're poking fun at themselves. At least you can have fun, right?
1: Yeah, Sam Adams is a good beer, I will say that. So you picked a good one.
0: Very good there. So, But anyway, like I said, it's not just my birthday. It's also the Blue Jays celebrating the fact that it's basically the real off season finally. Yeah. Hot stove season is officially going, Brendan.
1: It's nice. And
0: plenty of things that we get to look forward to. We're going to get to that just in a moment. Because oddly, there is actually Blue Jays news here on November oh, I know. <laughs> and it the fact is, celebrate. I'm going to let you break the news. We got an award already for one of our favorite players.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, man. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. wins the Hank Aaron Award for the best player, or the best offensive player in the American League. That is a pretty prestigious award for somebody who's only 22
0: and literally hits the ball out of the park this season too. There's like no better perfect way of saying it. And um, I think it's a special honor. And I think it's great that he gets to do this, especially like you said, at the age he did, because he did easily have the best offensive season in the American league and arguably even in baseball, because the national league winner was Bryce Harper and kind of like Vlad a little bit. It was a little bit mixed batch for him at a couple of points in the season, but To that point, the numbers at the end of the day speak for themselves, and Vlad is standing on top of that mountain as far as offensive prowess. <laughs> We're going to see what that means for other awards and, uh, you know, yeah. platinum is being brought home maybe. But this and things look great, and I couldn't be happier for him. And the uh, Blue Jays obviously not going forward,
1: or Junior going like this. I can only remember one slump this season for Vlad. And that was in August. And that's when the blue Jays stumbled right before they got red hot to end the season. So, and you know what, there was maybe a little bit of a stumble in, around that twin series and race series that kind of ultimately cost them a playoff spot. But could you like outside of those two minor slumps, he was just phenomenal. And there's no other way to put it very well-deserved award. I don't think there's anybody else who deserved it, which is why he got it. And honestly, I know that there's going to be the whole debate the next week over AL MVP and him versus Shoei Ohtani and a second Blue Jay who's up for it. Even though I think the second Blue Jay doesn't really have much of a shot, unfortunately. Which is sad. Um, it is sad because he I mean, had a great year. It's he had a fantastic year. Incredible year. <laughs> Any other year, and he he probably wins the MVP. He just had to go against Shohei Ohtani, who actually stayed healthy and was able to pitch and hit. Um, whether the injury at the end of the year for Ohtani derails him for MVP against Vlad, we'll see. But uh, I think that the Hank Aaron Award is huge for Vlad. And it also is kind of like the way it's like, OK, if he doesn't end up winning MVP, at least he has his Hank Aaron award. And that still signifies best hitter in the American League. So we'll see. We'll see what happens.
0: Very much so. And um, who beat him in 2019? Simeon, that is. He was number three, I believe. in yes. the All and I'm guessing it was Mike Trout.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Trout. I just can't remember who else was up for it in 2019 in the American League. It would have been Trout, Simeon, and... I can't even think. It just seems so long ago that season, even though it's not that it long exactly ago.
0: Community would go with COVID and
1: yeah, you know, I know, right?
0: Horrible and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but we had a pretty good beer that last game of the season. Just saying.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent.
0: So, but other things going on now that we've celebrated as much as we humanly possibly can with what we can celebrate with <laughs> tonight's show. Um, like I said, the night's episode was called the hot stove celebration kickoff party, of like yeah. thing. And um, the way that started off and kicks off is the fact that all teams had to have their qualifying offers in for their, to maintain their players and be able to get the draft pick compensation and everything that they would get for quote unquote said free agent leaving and going to another ball club. The blue Jays, um, put qualifying offers on two players, not shocking of the two that they picked, being yeah. Marcus, who I mean, we were literally just talking about is probably the third place MVP vote this year, or at least top five finish. Definitely. And then Rodney Ray, who, in all, all, everything I've been seeing is basically a 50 50 flip of the coin right now with yeah. Garrett Cole's Award. Definitely. I don't understand how that is when somebody was godlike down the stretch and then Garrett Cole was a pile of shit. But yeah. just personal opinion <laughs> so but brendan I, I know i don't think you're shocked by this and this is the blue jays just covering and hedging their bet to the fact that if one of those two guys don't come back or both of them don't come back they're still getting something to put back in the kitty and whatnot and make sure that it, they can still build this team
1: up the way that they've been
0: talking about
1: 100 percent, and i think the only one that really you can dive into is obviously the decision to not qualify Stephen Matz and give him a QO. And that one, I think we kind of debated it the last couple episodes that we were on with Chris and just talking through that. Cause that was one of the only things to start talking and debating until now, now that we have actual stuff to talk about. But yeah, none of, none of the moves ended up surprising me. I think it was a 50, 50 decision if they were going to give Stephen Matz a qualifying offer or not. That's a lot of money uh, for Stephen Matz. And I think he would have taken it, which I would have been fine with. Cause it's just a one year deal. Now, what, what was the actual dollar figure again that the QO came in at this year? 18.5. 18.5. So maybe they decided to not do that, to go talk to Steven Matz um, and try to get him on a longer deal with less money per year and to have a little bit more to play around with.
0: Just um, what the rumor was, that that I I believe Ian Hunter and a few other Blue Jays, uh, you know, insiders and whatnot, mentioned that there was an offer. They had yes. talked. I believe yeah. they were centralizing it around a two-year deal.
1: Yeah, there was a there was a contract uh, discussion. They did offer Mats, according to John Heyman, a, a contract uh, after he declined the QO. Now, interestingly enough, I retweeted it just before we hopped on. There's some I get. I don't know if he's like a, a blogger or a YouTuber, but somebody who's actually at the winter meetings, like not not nobody accredited or anything. Uh, you can go and walk into the winter meetings if you ever are there or the GM meetings. You can walk in, but somebody. Check That's it out on my feed. So, so Yeah, somebody actually is there and said that he saw Blue Jays Brass talking to Steven Metz himself at the GM meetings. So take that for what it's worth. I think they're in pretty steady conversation about a reunion and bringing him back. And if they do, that would be a nice piece of business to get done very early in the offseason. Because then you got four starters you can count on going into the 2022 season. you got Ryu or Barrios going opening day. The other one going game two, Manoa, Mats, and you're off to a great start. And if, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll get into it with some trade talks later on in the episode. But let's say, and we kind of talked about this last episode with Chris, let's say the free agent market, starting pitching wise, goes belly up and they don't end up getting anybody. Then at least you have Ross Stripling as your fifth guy. And then you have a decent rotation to start. But I want to shoot, I want to aim higher than Ross Stripling in the five spots. So we'll see.
0: I tend to agree with you because right now, as much as we had some issues with Steven Matz at times during the season, he ended up having a really solid season and easily a fourth starter, fifth starter guy in most league rotations. And just to say it out there, a guy like Steven Matz would have made the Atlanta Braves run away with the playoffs because it was that good. After they lose Charlie Morton, they needed somebody. Yeah. yeah. That's that's that next level of defense to be able to turn around and run with a, you know, to be a winning team at that t- time. So this team on paper in the pitching rotation, assuming that Robbie Ray does go somewhere else into whatever greener pastures that might be for him, the um, blue Jays are going to need somebody like Stephen Matz to anchor behind Barrios and Ryu. We already saw that Ryu might be not the Ryu that he was two, three years ago with the Dodgers, but, to that point, he is still infinitely a great starter. And that is not going to, I'm not trying to put that down at all. But right now, if you're telling me who the ace on this is right now without Robbie Ray, I'm looking in the direction of Jose Barrios to take that next step to be the number one guy. If you have him and Ryu at the top of this rotation followed by Steven Matz and Alec Manoa, that's starting to look a lot more like a thick, normal, everyday rotation. So that's why you went and go for the qualifying offer on that would be the idea. You just he's going to take it. Yeah. I'd be shocked. A million years going to be competing with anybody for him on that. I think if they tagged him with that qualifying offer, he's stuck basically signing with the blue Jays because he wouldn't have gotten a one year offer at least. But
1: I wonder, sorry, not to cut you off. I, I wonder if maybe, you know what? Maybe they acted in good faith and didn't give him that so that he can go out and see what offers are out there when he doesn't have a QO attached to him and have that steady communication. I know you don't have to operate that way as a front office if you want to get a deal done, but you never know. Maybe they didn't QO him because they were in steady steady talks. Maybe they're like, okay, here's an offer for you. You can take it. You can let it sit on the table for a little while. Go see what else you can get and come back to us, and maybe we'll up our offer or you end up taking the one that we give you. So who knows?
0: And to that point, my guess is whatever that two-year deal is, that's just sitting on the table right now. Take it it right now. It might, like you said, it might alter throughout the time frame here with what's going on on the market and whatnot. Maybe all of a sudden, Steven Matz is the best guy in the market and we're desperate and, you know, just throw money at it, just get him back. (laughs) But uh, looking at the free agent pitchers, there's a lot of guys in that same kind of ballpark as Steven Matz, but we already know what we're going to get from Steven Matz. And the fact that things were progressing and getting better consistently with Pete Walker doing his tutelage of what he does, maybe a qual- one-year deal is all of a sudden the same deal for Robbie Ray next yeah. season. Matt's, I'm not saying that Stephen Matz is going to run away with a Cy Young award. <laughs> so don't put me on trial yet. But to the fact that if he could, becomes a guy – after one more year being under Pete Walker's tutelage, a guy that gets into the 3.5 ERA ballpark with 180 innings in his shelf, rather than the guy that's in the high threes, fours, ballpark, he's going to get that payday he wanted this season. And that will be the difference in the world. But just the fact that the Blue Jays are keeping that line open and they were happy to negotiate past the qualifying offer to a two-year deal shows they're not trying to just make the the flash-in-the-pan deal and continue this thing riding out, right?
1: Yeah, no, 100%. And there's always going to be a market for people like Steven Matts, a reliable guy at the back end of your rotation. And that's why if you lock him in, you get him for two, maybe three years tops – that's uh, that's a win in my books, and I think that's a piece of business that could get done quite quickly. I don't think that'll be something where you got to wait for CBA uncertainty or anything like that. You sign the guy, get him in, and then you know you got four rotation spots locked down. You work on improving the fifth spot. It doesn't have to be a fifth starter you add, but it could be somebody at the front of the line that pushes everybody back a little bit. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of directions they can go.
0: We have a lot of rookie question marks.
1: Yeah past
0: that idea what we were just talking about exactly I mean, some people have an opportunity to step up in that equation but Pearson.
1: <laughs> Thomas Hatch
0: and I would love to see some of the other guys that we've talked about for years on this show now the fact that Eric Park is still in our minor league system and everybody's forgotten about him he hasn't gotten a real chance to even pitch in the last couple of years what's he going to do when he finally is healthy and does pitching because that kid was one of the best pitchers I've ever seen pitch at that level when I was watching him in Bluefield just insane so there's plenty of good things going on in the blue jays minor league system but you can't count on another alec manoa happening to that that point it's only happened a few times in blue jays history that somebody has come out of the minor leagues to steal rotation spot to that kind of level where they solidify it for a playoff run and I, the only couple i can think of off the top of my head is like juan guzman and pat hankin yeah so that long <laughs> no i know i know I know I make the joke a lot, but Josh Towers didn't exactly save us in 2007, 2009. Not really. (laughs) The Brian Talents of the world and whatnot. But, hey, like I said, you need them for filling in bullpen spots and everything, too. So that's not against the problem. But to that point, this is a better team on paper and going into 2022 with Steven Matts on this roster. So other than that, a lot of other teams, and I know we didn't talk about this in the – fun with whatnot, but there's a lot of guys that I was surprised that didn't get qualifying offers that are going to be free agents. Some guys that haven't be that are becoming free agents that are opting out. And we're going to get to talking to some of those guys here in a few minutes, but I want to talk first things first. There's a fire sale that was all of a sudden going on with the Cincinnati Reds. They traded their young prospect catcher to the Detroit Tigers. Yes. A lot of throw in players. I would say there's a lot of prospect talent there. Don't get me wrong. But the fact that if they're ready to throw guys like Tucker Barnhart to a team like the tigers just to get prospect capital back. That roster is fully ripe and loaded for the blue Jays to pillage. And probably to the point of pillaging where they could get some guys that are great guys going forward. Like I was looking, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, Oh fuck, give me Jesse Winker. Now I did not care (laughs) because we don't have outfield, but I was just, the kids and talented crazy. And then the fact that, you know, you might be able to buy low on somebody like, you know, Suarez, that's a third baseman. We need a third baseman. <laughs> you know, there's some options there, Brendan. Go ahead and
1: run with it. i you know, remember all last off season, you, me, and Adam talking about what they can do, and third base was an option. Uh, we had that hypothetical trade talk of Luis Castillo and Eugenio Suarez uh, to the Blue Jays, and Luis Castillo is very available. It seems that's the big rumor right now that John Heyman put out there the other day. And maybe even um what's his face, Uh Jeff Passan, uh saying that that's a fire sale waiting to happen. Cincinnati's right for the picking. I'm kind of shocked to be honest with you, because they almost made the playoffs. Like, I don't know if they've just kind of deciding that like, it's going to be too tough to make it the next little while. They're just not good enough to make it. They made it in 2020. A lot of teams made it in 2020, but still um, there's a lot of talent that's to take from it's the Cincinnati Reds. It's like, Peace, I'm out of here. Yeah, right? It's just off. like, okay, here's our cup of coffee. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that's a match made in heaven. I think Luis Castillo is exactly the kind of guy that they would make another big, splashy trade to get a guy like Luis Castillo because I believe he's under contract until the end of 2024 uh, or 2025, depending on how many more years of ARB he has. But regardless, he'll be around for a while at somebody who's still scratching the surface with his potential and wow that would be an ad. If you add on know, Suarez, as you mentioned, um maybe you less lessen the the uh, prospect pool that you have to give up by taking on Mike Mustachis's contract. I think that's just a prime prime trade that this team can make and this front office can make. So watch the Blue Jays and the Reds. I would not be surprised if they get together for a trade.
0: Yeah. It it screams the fact that it's just if they're trading a young catcher, a good young, talented catcher like that, they're they're not going to find another catcher to throw in through free agency to get that kind of production out of like somebody like with the kind of thunder that Tucker Barnhart and being a good catcher um, to give Blue Jays fans that's the equivalent of like what we were getting out of or seeing it on the opposite side like Mike zanino with the run the Rays. He's going to catch a great ball game for you, and he's yeah. just going to run it thirty home runs this season. <laughs> yeah, <too>. yeah. <laughs> so. But then there's some other ideas, too, that I don't think this really fits the Blue Jays, too. But is a homecoming for somebody like Joey Votto completely out of the equation?
1: I mean, (laughs) I would not turn down Joey Votto. That's for sure. (laughs) I would not turn that down. (laughs) It just screams that would be the
0: difference. That's the the same idea of bringing somebody like Marcus Semien back to your team. If you can't bring that veteran presence back, maybe you're getting this back in the base math. Joey Votto had a career year last year again at yeah. the age of what, three thirty-four, something like that. I'm not and...
1: checking how old he is because, uh, like, I keep on thinking he's a little bit younger than actually, he's he actually is.
0: Thirty-eight. Baseball for fucking forever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thirty-eight. It's crazy. Well, he's still really goes, damn good.
0: Wherever he goes is going to be his last team. He's probably going to play with, and if he with the with the fact if you were the Cincinnati management and you have done everything we've ever asked you to do for this organization, and we haven't been able to get you that world series that we were hoping to be able to get you, they've had a few playoff performances. Wouldn't you be asking him where he would want to go and then figure out so? and I would think that the blue Jays might be one of those teams that he has a chance to win it's just home, <laughs> <laughs> you know, things would spell out that way to be able to be a match made in heaven. And I'm not going to lie. The fact that him and Vladdy paired up at first base in DH is pretty damn intriguing to me. Yeah, I true. don't see it happening, but I can't help it. This is the fun of the offseason. I can dream and do whatever the hell I want in my head. Yeah, play man. MLB with whatever lineup I want to play with, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm, so, I'm so open for that. That would be inc- incredible if they brought Joey Votto home. And that just feels like the icing on top of the cake for a team that is ready to break out a team that did start to break out, uh, this season, and a team that needs to improve on 91, on uh, 91 wins. And Joey Votto helps them improve on 91 wins. It's not going to be an easy off season. We can get into that the next couple episodes or later on in this one. The thing that is going to be interesting this off season, Craig, is everything that we're reading from some of the analysts from even some of the own sports net guys, blue Jays are going to have a lot more competition. This offseason, there are teams that are going to be committed to adding payroll. The Tigers, that Tucker Barnhart trade is just the start. The Tigers are getting close to being able to go in and and take a whole bunch of guys. And so are the Miami Marlins. There's a bunch of teams that are looking to add payroll. And the Blue Jays are not going to have as easy of a path to a stud like they did with George Springer this past offseason. So it's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, and to that point, I think that's where you got to start looking at these ideas like this and le- to this point of talking about the Cincinnati Reds and what you would do with that. That's a hell of a lineup with even Suarez. You know, I know the guy bad a buck 99 this last off or last season, but this is a guy that's,
1: that.
0: This is a guy that's hit 30 home runs the last 5
1: years or something like that. Didn't so, he get 50 in 2019 or was he in like the high 40s? It was pretty close to 50. But just to put that out there, he might have at
0: a buck ninety-eight, but he had thirty-one home runs and almost eighty RBIs with that. You talk about having any increase in bat-to-ball ratio in our lineup that we have. He's batting in those lineup spots where Gurriel was this season, yeah. with Gurriel being up in the lineup if we don't have Semyon and company up at the top. You know,
1: yeah. <laughs> you got him batting in Randall Grichik's spot. I'm sorry to say I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, me too. And it was 49 in 2019. He had 49 home runs. And until these last few seasons, he was like a solid 270, 280 hitter with like a 330, 340 OBP. He's a good player. Uh, and yeah. they there's some, I would hope that they could get him back to at least 250 with an OBP of maybe 330, 340 uh, coming to Toronto. But I'm all on board for Eugenio Suarez.
0: Funny enough, I happen to be this cruising around um uh, I found an article about two seconds ago from CVS Sports in the their MLB section that was talking about the, the fire sale going on possibly in Cincinnati, and they actually named Jesse Winker as a place for the Blue Jays.
1: That's interesting. That's very interesting. That really fits. Yeah. You know, we, I unless you get rid of Grittrick, um and a couple others,
0: awesome outfielders. So unless you're going to be yeah. rotating each spot with Winker, Gurriel. Springer and company which honestly that's fine that's the difference in the world between having Springer healthy for this whole season playing center field and then you know honest, and them can keep flipping I don't want to put ever mess with Guriel putting him in right field even though he clearly has the arm for it <laughs> <laughs> but that that seems like a sneaky blue Jay move to me that <laughs> has old <laughs> written all over it but not anything else. player yeah. So, And that's a guy that would actually, in the next few years, be eligible to be, probably
1: be somewhere in the top of our lineup. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll be curious, and the Reds are not the only team that is open for sale. The Miami Marlins have pretty publicly said their pitching rotation is up for sale, and they want a catcher. So that's another team to look out for, because I would not be surprised. I think we said this last time with Chris. Alejandro Kirk seems like a prime trade candidate for this team, especially with the way Gabe Moreno coming up. And today, Ross Atkins was saying, Everybody, everybody he talks to is bringing up Moreno's name and he cannot stop smiling. So you have that coming up here. You know what? The way Danny Jansen finished the season and the fact that he got hotter, I am totally fine to move Alejandro Kirk. If that means you get a Sandy Alcantara or you get a Pablo Lopez or Alessandra Hernandez, I don't remember how to pronounce his first name, but any one of those three you get for Alejandro Kirk. Sign me up. There's, there's going to be options via trade for this team without a doubt to add a young, controllable starter from Cincinnati or Miami. Guaranteed they'll be on it.
0: So to that point, is Gabriel Moreno untouchable for you in a trade? Or is it actually the yeah.
1: match made in heaven? <laughs> I think he's probably as close to untouchable as it can get. I would not be surprised if he is legit untouchable. But that being said, we all thought Austin Martin was untouchable. And he went to the Twins' For, for something different there though because of the position. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely the position and the possibility of playing third base.
0: Yeah, I I think if we're getting the right chip back, it'd be one thing. But to me, Gabriel Moreno is his blue chip of a prospect as you yeah can right now definitely. He's already on the forty man roster, so they're gonna have yeah. to make a move one way or the other to bring him up. He's got a pretty accelerated path in the majors for the age of twenty one. Just saying. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. But um the Blue Jays also have a pretty good top prospects list anyway, because I wouldn't be surprised if people in that same equation, if we're making those trades, are Alvis Martinez and Jordan Groshans. I'm sorry to say they're fair game right now. <laughs> I think so.
1: Especially Groshans, especially Groshans.
0: Yeah. And I think there's enough other th- fun, intriguing pieces in there too, with the Kevin Smith's having the resurgence season. Yep. I don't think they were down in that far ballpark where they're thinking about training somebody like Manuel Beltray yet, but I think there's enough filler up there to be able to get the major league team fucking solid. Yeah. Yeah. Worry about filling this by this list back in because the team we have, I don't know if you saw that little clip I sent you on Twitter really quick before we started (laughs) even three years down the line right now, the blue Jays lineup is freaking ridiculous. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. They're they're just stacked to the nines into the point that you can make trades and be okay with the minor league system, the way it is. The other thing that we could keep an eye on is I would not be surprised if they trade a big name pitcher uh, from the system again. Like I don't want to say somebody like a, um, why am I blanking on his name? Um, Not uh, obviously not SWR. He's gone. Uh, The other one who's right around there was drafted right around Manoa's frame. It'll come to me. I'm going to look it up, but um, I know it was kind of on the agenda, but Ross Atkins on at the letters was raving about Gunnar Hoagland, their draft pick from this past season, and he, according to Ross Atkins, Winnie Telfi, has a very, very quick track to get to the major leagues. I would not be surprised, maybe not this year, but next year, Gunnar Hoagland is the next version of Alec Manoa, where he comes up here and is absolutely a stud. I am finding this guy's name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> while, you're at that, while you're doing your homework here. I got it. I Clough. It's Klopfenstein. I would not be surprised I, to see Klopfenstein in a trade.
0: <laughs> I know you're big on him and I think you have every right to be big on him. I think he's going to be a hell of a pitcher, but um, I just, I'm just to, for the blue Jays fans. I'm going to be this guy and just list this off because this is a, a wonderful tweet from the, the people over at baseball America, of what our quote unquote 2025 projected starting lineup is. And I'm just going to go through it by position here is really quick. Gabriel Moreno catching Vlad jr. At sec sh- sac- at first, Santiago Espinal at second, Aralvis Martinez at third, Bobachet obviously at short, Lourdes Springer and Teoscar in the outfield still. Alejandro Kirk DHing. That's a pretty good offense, just saying. <laughs> <No kidding. laughs> then Manoa, Barrios, Nate Pearson, Hogland, as you just mentioned, another young talented pitcher, and Ricky Teedman, and then Jordan Romano closing.
1: Wait, so they still have Barrios on the team in 2025?
0: They they're expecting him to stay, but that wouldn't legit. Wow. You know, that's with assuming an extension,
1: right? right? Yeah, that, I'm all for yeah. it. I hope they that's, keep Arias. Pretty exciting. Yeah,
0: and to 100%. that point, some of the things we just said. Even at that point, if they traded Alejandro Kirk for this other bat that we're talking about here, the rest of that lineup falls into place really well. And I think that if the Blue Jays are not kicking the tires on a Jesse Winker slash whatever idea for getting a bat from maybe Cincinnati and then doing the pitcher flip with somebody like Kirk to the Marlins, that's going to change the, the whole complexion of how this lineup looks, because those guys that they're getting in return, Brennan, are not one year wonder kind of like guys are going to show up as a rental. Those yeah. are guys here for two, 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 three years. And they're actually, like I said, part of this 2025 roster.
1: Yeah. yeah. Castillo would be, I'm pretty sure. Um, Sandy Alcantara would be um, Pablo Lopez would be, Anybody that they make a trade from the Reds or the Marlins, like that, that we just spoke about, would be a part of the team 2024, 2025, and that's why you can give up the prospect cap until next year. Yeah, exactly.
0: Three years of that after that. So. Yeah. <laughs> Very exciting stuff that we can even just be tossing these things around. And, uh, totally to imagine who would have thought that two of those teams would have been selling guys like that. I yeah, never thought,
1: yeah, they're on the up and up. Like, I guess maybe they're just doing, uh, I don't know. Like, I guess if maybe the Marlins find a taker for one of them, they keep the other two. Like, if they get their catcher that they want, they're very clearly wanting a catcher. That's why that Blue Jays link is so big there with Miami. Maybe they move Lopez, That's... maybe they move Becantera, and then they're good.
0: Yeah. Alejandro Kirk spells a lot of the things that Derek Gier looks for in prospect. Capital and I forget the woman general manager's name there, but she is incredible. okay Ming, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. She's putting the hell of a team together there in Miami, yeah. which in the next two, three years is gonna be kinda scary, I think, because they're they're building it around their pitching. And it well, looks very looks very Atlanta Braves ish to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well them cut they're in this very similar vein to the Reds where they both made the playoffs in twenty twenty with that expanded field and only sixty games. And they read are maybe in a little bit of a retool mode right now because they know that right now just isn't their time with how stacked the National League is. But maybe in two years, maybe probably not when the Dodgers peak off all of it because I don't know when they'll ever peak off with all that money they put into the team. But like maybe that'll be the end of the line for the Nationals or a couple other teams that won't be in it anymore in the race. So yeah, the retooling, um, surprising, but at the same time. I think they have an abundance of talent that they can move to teams to get younger pieces that will help them in two, three years' time.
0: Yeah, and if, if it goes anything like a Tampa Ray Rays move, maybe their rookies all hit and jazz, their Jazz Chisholm's oh. all <laughs> and then they They just run with it, but that team's going to be very sneaky, and maybe they do see this offseason as an opportunity to strike, because the Atlanta Braves, even though they just won the World Series, they're going to be a little vulnerable if they don't get Freddie Freeman back. The Mets can't figure out what the fuck is going on.
1: The Mets are a mess.
0: Um, The Washington Nationals are hoping to win with Juan Soto again.
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: there's a lot of question marks in that National League East um, outside the Philadelphia Phillies seem to be r- running into next season pretty much with the same team that just missed the playoffs this year. So yeah. maybe that team gets off to a better start and they are a playoff team this year, but Anyway, this is an American League podcast for the Blue Jays. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk some more uh, fun here. Um, I sent you an article, Brendan, from a friend of the show, Ian Hunter at the Daily Hive. And this was a rather interesting read, I thought, as far as Blue Jays' possible targets. And he calls out five targets free agents-wise that I thought were a little, honestly, they seem far-fetched, and then I read into it, and I'm like, you know, these are actually fits. Yeah. I think that's where some of this is goes. So I just wanted to go through this list and talk this out. We'll go option by option. Yep. Give me a percentage-wise, <laughs> or a, a one through 10, if you think this is any kind of reality or not. But let's count. I'm going to do it backwards, so we'll start from their, their quote-unquote sure. fifth spot. Uh, Michael Conforto. This is a left-handed bat. Brendan, that had a really really rough season with the Mets. But, yeah. <laughs> it's a very yeah. intriguing bat.
1: It is a very intriguing bat, Michael Conforto, but I don't know. Like, he got the QO, didn't he? I'm pretty sure I saw Conforto got a QO, the qualifying I officer.
0: He was full-on rejecting it. He's already been pretty Yeah, cool.
1: Yeah, you're right. That's what the I Mets saw. He rejected it. A he's a <laughs> Matt. He's having, there's a lot of interest in Michael Conforto. Um, that's for sure. That's been known. When, at the time the tweet went out that he rejected it, uh, whoever reported that he rejected it said there's a lot of interest in him. I don't see it happening. I, I, I don't. I just think they'll roll with the guys that they have um, and find a way to get a lefty bat a different way than Conforto. I think there'll be too, much, too many other teams that will bid way above what the Blue Jays want to pay for him. Which is shocking to me
0: because it's all potential at this point, right? He had a few good seasons where he was trending upwards, obviously tons of power. And that's the intriguing attribute amongst uh, Michael Conforto and at the age of 28. So he's going to be signing at what you would think be his prime years going forward here in the next couple. But after a year like he had where he's barely bit, now, this guy was a free agent, in my fancy baseball season all year, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, uh, only hitting 14 home runs after having 30 the year before. Just really, really rough. And for a guy that made $12.25 million in 2021, yeah. this is a rough to figure out where contract wise you're shooting at for him because this almost honestly to me sounds screams one year prove it prove me wrong deal kind of like Semyon had with the the rough year with the COVID stuff I don't think he comes back in that kind of level but this is a guy that has the bat the ball stuff that might be that guy I agree with you that this is looks good on paper for the Blue Jays but doesn't really fit fit
1: yeah yeah yeah, and I think that he, just based on the interest of him turning on the QO, it seems like he'll get like a three- or four-year deal. So if it if it comes down to he's still on the free agent market in January or early February and he wants to do a one-year prove-it deal, kind of like Simeon, I'm all for it. But I just I think he'll be scooped up pretty quick. Yeah, it screams that buy low guy, like you said, between the
0: uh, CBA stuff and everything right now. You, yeah. you, said, you know, Michael Conforo as a corner outfielder is not hurting your lineup and your budget. Actually. At yeah. this point, we are on that one-year hurry-up and prove me wrong deal,
1: yeah, right? Exactly.
0: The next guy, and this one, was, I, I, this one had danced around a lot. Eduardo Escobar ended up having a ridiculous second half, and basically was one of the biggest reasons the Milwaukee Brewers had an offense in the second half, and yeah. were really run around with it 28 home runs and uh, just had a 107 WCR or WRC plus freaking nuts. I just couldn't believe that he came out of nowhere to do this. And a guy that plays multiple positions and the key one for the blue Jays, Brendan third
1: base. Yeah, no, see, I can see Eduardo Escobar being uh, on this team and that's because he can play third. He can play short. He can play... I'm pretty sure he's played some second base in his career. But because he's not in the upper echelon talent on the shortstop market or third base, like with a with a Correa or Corey Seager or a Trevor Story or a Simeon, I think Escobar lingers on the free agent market. It's either he lingers on the free agent market or a team that knows they're not going to spend in that upper echelon with a Seager or a Correa wants to get business done and lock in third base. Escobar could be one that either signs really quickly Or he's a free agent in January and looks for a home. I'm all for it. I like Eduardo Escobar. He's a solid, solid player. Um, He's somebody who could bat fifth or sixth in your lineup and probably hit 30, 40 bombs, depending on the season. Probably closer to 30. But with the Blue Jays lineup, would not surprise me to see him get closer to 40 home runs. And that WRC Plus probably improved. Um, And you could probably have him on a three- or four-year deal. This is probably one of the last major contracts he's going to get. Um and too, right, science yeah. four-year deal with him if it gets it done. Yeah, I probably I would
0: four-year deal compared yeah, to most of these. Options, I don't so. think
1: it'll be expensive. I don't think he gets anywhere near twenty. He's not a twenty million dollar year player. Maybe a twelve to fifteen million dollar per season player. And if you get that for four years, you do four sixty. I see no reason for it. Maybe even three forty five. Sign me up.
0: The thing that excites me the most about him is that stretch run with the Brewers. That yeah. literally lit a fire under his ass, and I'm not saying he needed a fire lit under his ass, but this is a guy that basically put the offense on his shoulders a little bit in Milwaukee and was he- for a team that was struggling for offense because Christian Yelich had an off year and whatnot. He was able to be able to shine in that offense and really get them going um, for a pitching staff that needed some run support, so that was an insanely awesome move by the front office yeah. of the brewers to be able to swipe him from the arizona diamondbacks at the trade line line and run with it like i said he hit i want to say out of those 28 home runs he probably had three quarters of them with the brewers
1: yeah he had a he had a fantastic finish to the season so
0: he's a veteran too so that's another guy that comes into this ball this uh clubhouse that you know helps out with that veteran presence too but I think this is somebody, honestly, that could pair very well with Kevin Biggio and maybe figure out how to get him over that next piece.
1: Would not be surprised. Would not be surprised. Yeah, I, I'm all for Escobar. If it comes down to that, I, I really hope that they play in the higher echelon of guys. But at the same time, if Escobar is lingering around the free agent market and you can get him on a nice three-year deal that's not too expensive, then that's a good piece of business. Reality level? I'm going to go, like, if we go out of 10, I'll give Michael Conforto maybe a 3 out of 10 in terms of reality level with him signing here. I'm going to give Eduardo Escobar like a 7.5. I would not be surprised. It's either going to be him or Corey, or not Corey, Kyle Seeger for third base um, if they don't get one of the top tier guys
0: i agree with you and then uh, funny enough i think it's funny we're talking about this guy and we're talking about another guy here in the next level here in ian's article that is actually basically the same guy on paper and chris taylor of the dodgers
1: yeah and
0: infielder outfielder
1: yep he <laughs> you can know. play out there if you need
0: but um ah, he's 31 how much you know i get the esquire thing he's a Middle infielders seem to always, for some reason, regardless of how rigorous the middle infielder job is, they always have some ridiculous tenure. They play forever. They're made out of rubber. I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the thing about Chris Taylor is, it just worries me. I, I see. I know he's done really good the last two years with the Dodgers. But where did it come from before that? Is, is he a Jose Bautista candidate? I don't see that but I feel like he's going to get a giant lump of money based on those two years from the Dodgers. And he's not going to quite pan out to what we did, you know, or what we're expecting with uh, the contract on that whole thing. And even though he does fit this team because of the flexibility, us needing some infield depth and whatnot, and somebody like this that can just play every day, but maybe not the same position. (laughs) Um, a guy like that that can hit 20 home runs is very intriguing, but I would, if it
1: comes down to him and Escobar, I would be throwing the money at Escobar. I same, think. same. I'm with you. I don't know why, and this is not based on anything other than just gut feel. Eduardo Escobar feels like a Blue Jay more so than Chris Taylor. Like, I can't picture Chris Taylor as a Blue Jay, and that's not based on anything at all other than just gut feel. Um, but yeah, they're very similar in the same ballpark player, where they're not in the top tier with those with those top tier guys, but either one of them. Will be around the free agent market in january or early february without a contract or they sign really quickly for teams to want to get business done yeah i to me i'm
0: trying to think of a good comp here but to me if it was like if i'm trying to pick chris taylor it's like when we picked up david stein in 2005 it just screams like okay was good but he sucked when he played. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I just feel like it's going to be something like that, where it, it for the obvious other alternative of that is you have a chance to get somebody really good. Not, you know, I'm trying to think of a better content, but Semyon is the only one that pops into my head that you have somebody that could hit 20, 30 home runs. Like we were expecting from semi and we ended up getting an mvp candidate instead but we were expecting to get 20 30 home runs with a 280 batting average from somebody like Semyon when we picked them up last off season and we got plenty more than that but yeah. i think that's the sweet spot for where escobar would be normally that's why i'm kind of using that comparison there
1: sure yeah i don't disagree
0: so let's talk a couple of sexier names here. <laughs> so um, the next sign on the list was 33-year-old outfielder Starling Marte. Maybe I'm just in the party mood, you know? <laughs> Got to get Marte gone on this team. But, oh, my God, when he came over to Oakland last last season, that he did some, He did the same th- kind of thing that Semyon did for this locker room. Yeah. It was a whole. Shock thing and watching him play The game that he plays with all of His tools like I said At the age of 33 and stealing bases and Playing the kind of game he's doing Brendan I know we have outfielders But this is still one of those moves that Screams that it can make your outfield better Yeah and we four solid bats That play in the outfield instead
1: yeah I would probably put on the confidence level. I didn't give one for Chris Taylor. And if you can't get it from that, I give Chris Taylor a one out of 10. Uh, He gets a one. I would have Marte at maybe like a four or five. Um, I could see. So the only way I can see them being in on an outfielder at this point, Craig, especially because we got to remember Grichik's still on the roster. You have four outfielders right now. Who knows what they do with Corey Dickerson? I know he's a free agent. Maybe you try to bring him back, but the only way I see then entering for a Chris Taylor or a Starling Marte is if Gurriel's traded. Um, and if Gurriel's traded for a piece like Jose Ramirez um, or something along those lines, then I'm all for Starling Marte. Um, however, uh, that's going to be a debate all offseason, kind of like last offseason with Lindor. The new trade with Cleveland is going to be do you trade Lord Guriel and prospect pieces for Jose Ramirez. I'm on the yes train. Uh, for that one. I know that that's polarizing. It's like 50-50 for teams, but I love Jose Ramirez, and they've already talked to Cleveland about it this past trade deadline. Imagine if they actually did pull the trigger on getting Ramirez. They would have made the playoffs. I'll tell you that much. They would not have missed by just one game. But yeah, uh, Marte, I would put out a four or five, just because I can see that avenue opening up where they need to add an outfielder because they subtracted uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. from the roster. Yeah,
0: I... um. I think the only likelihood of them doing that, other than the fact that they get, I, I just don't see if it played out to the Blue Jays. We're looking for a way to improve their offense at all. Right. And for some reason, late in their mid part of the offseason here, styling Marte's lingering around. He's your best avenue to improve this offense because of all those tools. The guy stole 47 paces last year.
1: Yeah, he's still <laughs> good and fast.
0: And I think that's an opportunity that the Blue Jays at that point can't pass up. Throw them the brick of money and just figure it out. When then you get, get the guys in the locker room and figure out what happens. Somebody's going to get hurt. It happens every goddamn year. There's going to be a way to find playing time for those four guys if we have them. But if you were going to tell me right now that we are going to trade Loris Gurriel Jr., which I don't agree with your other alternative motive. (laughs) (laughs) And you were telling me right at that same time that Starling Marte was my compensation prize for that whole thing. I'm going to probably be okay with that at the end of the day, because we did improve the whole team in that same equation. But right now I feel like I'm trading a hole for a hole by grabbing a third baseman and having no left fielder and vice versa in that trade for Jose Ramirez, that's the, my problem with that trade. I'm trying, I'm not improving the major league team at that point. I'm just hoping that I can get a better outfielder and then a better third
1: baseman. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be a debate all off season. I mean, Ramirez is super, super, super cheap and can allow you to sign another big name free agent and he's still an elite level talent and it'd be yeah if if you trade guriel you sign Marte, and guriel gets you jose ramirez at the end of the day i think that means the team is improved upon from last year that's all i'll say we'll debate on that as the offseason goes along
0: (laughs) i tend to agree with you on that but if i'm making that trade for jose ramirez i need to have that left fielder on the back burner and you can't tell me it's Corey Dickerson,
1: right? Yeah, no, for sure, <laughs> for sure, it needs to be a better guy than Corey Dickerson. I like Corey Dickerson. Yeah, I'm that's fine with him coming like back. Randall Gritchick. not as a, yeah, exactly. That's exactly exactly how I want Dickerson back. Replace Gritchick, Find a way to get rid of him. Yeah,
0: and I think that's an easier sell than anything. Is I think a lot of that kind of thing could be the difference between getting dollar amounts right in any of these trade scenarios that we were talking about this evening. As far as that goes, I think that is where those. Things fall into place, but let's talk the prize according to Ian Hunter in this article because this one it spurs a very similar argument from last offseason. What do you do if you grab a shortstop? Yeah, and stop that. If I'm looking at all the shortstops on the free agency market right now, outside of market semi, and this is the one that I would think would be the best move for the Toronto Blue Jays and maybe a little bit of a Slight cheaper deal Because he was hurt A lot last season And that's Corey Seager Not Kyle Seager
1: Yeah The better Seager
0: <laughs> The better Seager Or at least the younger Seager
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> It's like five years difference Isn't it
1: Oh I know They're pretty different <laughs> in
0: his age But Corey Seager Is a premium shortstop And I, there's not any other way Of saying that He's in that same class As the Carlos Correa As the Javi Baez And in my opinion He has still A lot of baseball To get better at Oh yeah He has ability to do it. And he is saying son, he's pretty damn good.
1: He, he's elite. He's definitely elite. That's the similar type of signing, assigning George Springer is if you get Corey Seager in the building. It's probably going to cost you over $200 million to get it done. Uh, they just dished out $150 for George Springer. Um, it's, uh, I was asking somebody who's pretty in the know uh, today. I could share it. I'm not going to share his name, obviously. But um, he feels the Blue Jays might sniff around that upper tier, but decide to split it, split the money around a little bit for three to four to five guys um, to patch in the holes. And those can be good players, but not elite level players. So somebody in the same, same vein as like an Eduardo Escobar, Steven Matz, a Kevin Gosman, those type, instead of going for the superstars, that's still a way to make your baseball team better. But if they do sniff around and are serious about improving on the 91 win team and they want to make a legit run, Corey Seager is the guy. You move Bobish at the shortstop, and Bo's already said in the past he'll move off the shortstop if it means you get a Lindor, which obviously didn't happen. Um, and I'm sure he would do the same for Corey Seager. So it's I'm all for it.
0: Lindor. I think we made the right idea. Just saying.
1: Uh, yeah, I know. I know. I think they made the. I think they made the right choice given the uh, the reported cost of what that deal would have been for the Blue Jays. But yeah, Seager out of all the ones, I think makes the most sense. Um, Trevor Story is a good player. An elite level player, but there are some uh, there are some holes in his swing. Um, he's, he's he's okay. Uh, there there's some cause for concern with Trevor Story outside of Coors Field. Carlos Correa, now that's uh, yeah. we well, there are some people, including yourself, Craig, that were riffy about the Springer signing. Corey, or um, Carlos Correa, has a lot more dirt on him with uh, with the whole cheating scandal. So I don't know how that'd be received. <laughs> Let the Yankees
0: and the Mets deal with that mess. I don't want to touch it. I
1: am terrified, but I do think Correa is off to the Yankees. Uh, he was, I, not that it means anything, but he was spotted in New York. He was in New York, and he posted on his Instagram story the other day. I, I think Correa is a Yankee. I really do. He,
0: he His persona screams Yankees to me. It doesn't yeah. scream Yankees.
1: No, no, I agree.
0: So he is the equivalent to me of having another Boba Shet on this team. It, it, yeah. that, he, that is Boba in, what, three years Yeah, at that his career because Corey Seager is on the same path or is on the path that I want Boba Shett on. Yeah. And I, it's a very accurate statement to where they're both, where he both trending right now. But to that point, one of the, <laughs> I, I think you would have to tell Corey Seager in that equation that he is the shortstop. Yeah, but definitely I don't think that Boba Shett right now with Boba Shett out of all these guys in the locker room, he's the one I think that's foaming at the mouth for a really competitive well, post-season run. More than a lot of the guys. If this is the difference between him getting that or not, I think he's gonna be like, just fucking do it. I don't care.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Hundred percent. I completely agree. Yeah.
0: So let me ask this to you because we're gonna, I'm gonna bring this back to the reality level for Corey Seager on you. We're re- let's say they are ready to throw the five year deal at Marcus Semien. That's gonna be somewhere easily, I think, right now in the 150 ballpark from him basically being an MVP within two of the last three seasons in that conversation. Right. I think that they were actually asking for five one was what I think I saw the other day reported out on Twitter. God knows where that lead came from, but it seems like a ton of money for Marcus Semyon. <laughs> I, if the blue Jays were even comprehending that Corey Seeger, that's probably the deal he's actually looking for. And he's three, four years younger than Marcus Semyon. That spells a little bit more of a safer bet for that money. And if you're ready to pony up the dough on one guy and you get the same equivalent over here, not to mention a World Series champion, I think that spells the same success for the Toronto Blue Jays.
1: I'm trying... Oh, here it is. So Marcus Simeon's... Uh, Jim Bowden predicted their contracts, and they have Simeon at 5'148", 5'150". So thirty okay. million a year, just shy 30 mil. Robbie Ray, I know we're not talking about him, but he's on this tweet, 5'120". But Marcus Simeon, at $32, 33 getting five one forty-eight, it's a lot of money. Um, that same dollar amount's looking a lot nicer of an investment on Corey Seager. Yeah, and I uh, would up that too. I would I would bring that to six or seven years and up that to closer to two hundred because I think that's what you got to do to get it in the conversation with Corey Seager.
0: But I'm I'm happy to make that dollar amount same. To get those extra couple years of Corey Seager when he's at the age of twenty-seven, definitely. I, as much as I love Marcus Semien, I love what he brings to this ballpark. I was ready to buy a jersey, but I wasn't about to do it for a guy that was on the team for one year. Yeah. But <laughs> I, 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 I will go out. That will be a jersey I will go out and buy if they sign Corey Seager. And I, yeah, hundred percent. I didn't say I was going to buy a Springer one. And I'm sorry to say I liked him this season after all the nonsense. I'm still not doing it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I still haven't bought mine yet. I was, uh, I was very uh, hands off this season in terms of buying merchandise, but uh, that'll change for now that we can go to games again.
0: (laughs) So, but to that point, what do you think the reality is if that's your, if that's the front office is thinking and they're thinking about spending that kind of money, this is a guy that matches up with the blue Jays young core that they have already established incredibly. And almost to that point, better than what we just did with the Springer move. That's guaranteeing your success offensively for the almost the next fucking
1: decade. (laughs) It's tough. Like, are you asking, do they put their money towards Simeon or Seager? Yeah,
0: reality bites, unfortunately. Like I said, if it came down to those, I think we just established where our mindset was if we were allowed to be in the GM chair. But to that point, I really think there is some smoke to the idea of
1: them wanting to bring back Marcus Simeon. I do too. I, I think if he had to choose right now, they'd bring back Simeon because they already know who he is. They already know who he is as an individual. You know that he got along with so many players. He helped Boba this the season. He helped a lot of the young guys, great clubhouse guy, great person off the field. At the end of the day, does Simeon actually come back? I think the allure to the West Coast is going to be too strong. That's where he wants to be. That's where his family is. I think that the geography is the only thing that will stop the Blue Jays from keeping Marcus Simeon. But if they make an offer that's in the same ballpark, you never know. Yeah, I hate reading it the other day, but the idea
0: of being a Seattle Mariner and being their centerpiece for the next three years.
1: See, they're in the same boat as the Tigers. Oh, (laughs) They're the same boat as the Tigers where they're going to spend some money. They're going to add some payroll. Even the Texas Rangers, I saw in an article, were committed to add like 80 to 100 million dollars in payroll over the next season or two. So they
0: have to money to get people in that ballpark, man. That's yeah, really,
1: exactly. So that's the
0: reason that they were up letting everybody in in COVID, just saying.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah no from the right from the get go. Yeah, I, oh, it's going to be if Simeon becomes a Mariner, uh, Mariners are going to be good. Mariners are going to add some talent and that's just the start of it. They'll 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 be in it. They'll be in it if they do.
0: So to the point of yes, obviously we know what clubhouse presence of S- Semyon is on that argument. The fact that we actually have two uh, Car- Corey Seager's ex, you know, teammates in Ross Stripling and uh, Hyunjin Ryu
1: that could help. That <laughs> definitely can help. Hey. Very
0: guys and two Not- guys that were very loved in that, uh, you know, Dodgers clubhouse. The fact that Hyunjin Ryu uh, signed for what he did with the Blue Jays, I think, sinks some weight in the fact that Springer just did that same thing. Obviously, the Blue Jays are ready to open the pocketbook and get, you know, everything going. And the fact that Ross Stripling has found a home in Toronto and he's, you know, pretty happy. And I really think he's going shot at the fifth starter spot this coming season, regardless of who we sign. I think that there's some smoke to that fire. The fact of bringing Corey Seager, and I'll say I'll give you maybe a 60 percent chance just because of that.
1: But I was I was going to say about five or six for me on Seager and uh, Ross Stripling was actually with Corey Seager over the weekend on their Instagram story, so they they're clearly friends. They clearly get along
0: good. So maybe I'm not just literally blowing smoke,
1: but <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think you are. I think there could be something there. And I sent it to you and Chris in the chat today. Um, there's already been, I don't know what the who it is, obviously, they're not going to say, but a prominent, and who knows, again, what prominent means, but a prominent free agent and his agent have already gone to the Blue Jays to gauge their interest in signing this player. And if that is not, like, I'm not saying that's Corey Seeger, I'm not saying that's Trevor Story. I'm not saying that's, like, one of those guys. But you never know, it could be. If there's already players and agents going to the Blue Jays asking what their interest in signing their client is, especially a prominent one,
0: Basically the only thing that Scott Morris did mention in his weird presser today. Did you? He's getting
1: weirder
0: and weirder. weirder.
1: (laughs) He's getting weirder and weirder, but at the end of the day, this off season, Craig is going to be very telling to how they finish next season. And they got their work cut out for them. As Ross Atkins said on at the letters with Ben Nicholson, Smith and um, Arden swelling, because they need to improve. On a ninety-one win team, maybe if you get ninety-one again, that gets you into the playoffs. It's very rare that ninety-one team ninety-one win teams miss, but the Yankees will probably improve. The yeah. Rays will be the Rays. The only team I'm thinking is going to take a step back because if the se- I guarantee, if the season was one week longer, the Red Sox would have not made the playoffs, but they did, and they went to the ALCS. <laughs> but I do think the Red Sox overachieved and I would not be surprised if Boston falls back a little bit. So but, keep, but yeah, I, mean, I think
0: Boston is going to do whatever they can to plug the holes in that ship that they shot. Keep Schwarber
1: and they're going to try to keep Schwarber, that's for sure.
0: Him in the middle of that lineup is a is a you know, offensive godsend for them and I think that ballpark screams Kyle Seager all day every day. He's made for that ballpark. Mm. And made for Boston. I the guys a beefy just saying yeah. <laughs> so i think that sums up what we were thinking here as far as things go is there anything you want to add on that before we play uh the game i thought of for this evening
1: <laughs> no i'll just say it's going to be a fun off season. Uh, i mean every every indication is they're going to go for it again and, and add some serious talent um there's going to be some exciting free agent signings it's going to be a fun hot stove season just only thing i'll say is please cba get resolved they, baseball cannot afford baseball cannot afford a lockout or miss time next season. So get it done. Sign some players and improve on a 91 win team because very good chances are if you improve on 91 wins, you're in the playoffs. You will be in the playoffs. <laughs> and to that
0: point, if it's any of the teams like we would have played this year if we were in the
1: playoffs, I think we're taking that shit. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I got like if they made it over Boston, they would have at least been where Boston was in the LCS. And I think they could have beaten that Houston team.
0: I think we could have too, because we had a little bit. We had the pitching in the offense. Obviously, could have beat the hell out of that pitching. Yes. I think I'll Zach cranky Because for some reason, we yeah. can never get Zach cranky uh, <laughs> no. So I um, I forgot one headline, and I don't know if you even saw this one. The Blue Jays have one, two, three, three prospects. Oh, four, I think, that uh, made the Arizona Fall League All Star team. Oh yeah, mentioned one of them very extensively during the show. And that was Gabriel Moreno. And he was one of the seven top hundred prospects for baseball America that made it. Um, I'm just going to say these other names because there's some guys that are lingering around and that are either on our top 30 lists or just outside of it. One of them has been in and out guy, Graham Spraker, who yep. has been insanely good at Arizona Fall League. Could be a very nice Maybe, you know, outside the rotation candidate, but definitely he's a guy, I think, that one way or the other in the next three years has bullpen arm written all over him just because he's got some nasty stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I already mentioned Moreno, And then Spencer Horowitz was the other one outfielder has been just shelling baseballs and has been a really nice find. Um, I think it was John Mayo did a really nice article that we retweeted over the weekend that is specifically about the emergence of Spencer Horowitz. And it was very interesting to read because it sounds like the holes that he had early in his minor league seasons were plugged would be the nice way of saying it. (laughs) (laughs) So there's some power showing through and he's carrying through into the Arizona fall league.
1: Yeah, no, there's still talent in that minor leagues outside of the top 30. Like I think we've said in the last couple off seasons, it's it, you can make a top 50 list and be excited about almost all of them. And Spraker, I remember, has been in and out of the top 25, the top 30. And you know what? If he's fixed it, he's finally found it, kind of put it together like Horowitz, then, I mean, that just adds to the, the intriguing prospect pool that this team has. And that's why you can afford to trade some of your upper echelon talent. Yeah.
0: All righty. So if you're good with that, I like I said, I have a game that you and I can play. Yeah, can let's see. do Our it. other uh, gentleman, of Chris Keegs, he got stuck at work with us, <laughs> but hope all is well at the new job, buddy. <laughs> um, I want, I'm, we're gonna play a birthday game.
1: All right, let's do it.
0: Gonna, let's talk. For I want you to make two birthday wishes: one thing that you want the Blue Jays off season to get, and then one thing physically merchandise wise or something that you have always wanted from your blue Jay fandom. I Ooh. see you got a nice little blue, blue Jay wall piece behind you all of a yeah, sudden.
1: It's hard, it's hard to see with sudden, my yeah. setup here, but <laughs> it is there. <laughs>
0: your your band cave is you know uh working pretty well other than my my wife's moving into mine apparently <laughs> <laughs> so, I gotta my all
1: good me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so like i said i i figured this would just be a fun thing to do i'll let you ponder it but i'm gonna throw one at you and i'm actually gonna share the picture here in the uh in our uh feed uh so you can see it because I think you're going to appreciate this. Because this is actually funny enough from this one is, of my visits to Toronto. This is, this my, is, merchandise, this is my merchandise pick. Okay. Oh, that's cool. And, oh, sorry. Blue Jays fans, I hope this is showing through to you. Otherwise, I'll I let Brendan speak a peek of it here real quick. And then I'll uh, put it back up on the actual broadcasting screen. <laughs> so you can see what the hell I'm talking about here. This is a Toronto Blue Jays Foo Fighters bobblehead set. I know you
1: love the Foo Fighters, so that would be very this cool. the
0: concert that I went to when you and I were you oh, know, yeah. drinking with my wife and my dad. This was yeah. They were selling these at the Steam Whistle
1: right outside the ballpark. Oh, and you were right there.
0: God, I was on the opposite side of the ballpark drinking <laughs> with you. At the, what was yeah. it?
1: The, the, it's the basically oh, the soccer the, rugby place. Yes, the Black Bull uh, Black. is where we were,
0: yes. Yeah, we'll give them their, their ad space. That was a really fun yeah. place to have for the ball, ball game yeah. or
1: anything. And like we the went United. there after, after game 162 in 2019. The, what was the last baseball game in Toronto since this past August? Yeah. Or did we meet there before? I think we I did think both. You, <laughs> you got out of work. <laughs> yeah, 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 Oh, and before Vladdy Day, too. Shit. Yeah, I, I guess I just take you there. <laughs>
0: So yeah, God, you know it's such a big city. You take me to one bar. I know.
1: Well, I'm now that I don't live, now that work. I don't live there anymore, then uh, I'll have to uh, ex- actually explore a little bit next baseball season. I guess we'll just have to put out the Blue Jays vote on where we meet up with everybody
0: and record fun for the show.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, but that was my merchandise peak. So if I was going to pick a Blue Jays merchandise, that's hitting both of my favorite things: rock and roll music and yeah. the Toronto Blue Jays. I can't, I can't lose with that gift. Not the yeah. Message that's that's
1: super cool, that is super cool. I at home i I always gravitate towards jerseys. I love jerseys, and that was where my head initially went when that question got asked. If I had to pick a player to put on it to go into this season, obviously Springer's up there, but I was thinking about it today. If Barrios was here for another year, I would probably get Jose Barrios in the back of mind. I loved him as a twin, I know you did too um. I might do it even though there's no guarantee of him being here past just just this year because at least he would have four more years of Springer after next season. So I might go with Jose Barrios on the back of a jersey. But if it's not a jersey, something like a map where i can easily see like in my man cave behind me put a map of the stadiums i've been to in baseball and have a little picture frame for each of them with a picture in front of each ballpark of me being there i don't know i just i love ballparks love going to see them i love road trips they are so much fun and it'd be a nice way to like visualize it every single day
0: yeah and i know you've had a pretty good collective move of already catching things for what would be on that map i know you did though Hockey, St. Louis, yep. Detroit. Off the top of my head, I know this is obviously you've been to the Rogers Center. Yep. You made it out west, any ballparks?
1: I've walked around Petco. I've never seen a game there. Um, I've, no, I thought I've seen Dodger Stadium. From the airplane, I've seen Dodger Stadium. That doesn't count. You, you know, know, it's I so random. Dodger Stadium, but yeah. typical LA traffic from where I was fucking staying.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's-
1: you know what's random about the stadiums I've been to? I've been to every NL Central ballpark, and the Blue Jays only go there once every three years. I've been to Cincinnati, Wrigley, as you said, Milwaukee, St. Louis, and Pittsburgh. I've been to every NL Central ballpark. <laughs> I've been to the old Cincinnati Stadium.
0: I actually went inside. I met Jim Leland. Oh, that was really. Cool. Cool. He was the Mar- Marlins uh, coach at the time. That year they won the World Series. I got an autograph from him and Kevin Brown. They were hanging out. When we walked in the ballpark way early because I just wanted to get in there. He's, my brother wanted, my brother was a giant Deion Sanders fan. Oh yeah, he, I mean, hey, who he was wasn't? A time so we were down there goofing around and had a good time. But um, I, I that's one of the ones I've been wanting to go to. That ballpark is beautiful on TV. And um, I know you've been to a lot of American League and National League East ones too. Yep. Uh, it's
1: one of the other ones that you and I have both been to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh Pittsburgh's amazing. Pittsburgh's awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I think I've been in more National League ballparks or at least if you include stadiums like I've walked around or at least been inside. Um, I've been by Chase Field in Phoenix, which is huge. It's, you know what? That ballpark reminds me so much of Miller Park where it's just massive. And it's just like, how is this a baseball stadium? It looks like a football stadium. Um, yeah.
0: That's I still, out of all the ballparks I've been to, like I said, I, the, the Rogers Center, as much as I'll say, it still feels like home. But yeah. the... Uh, Milwaukee and uh, Miller Park, which I don't care what the hell it's called now. It's Miller Fox. This felt normal to me. And that, honestly, outside of Blue Jay culture, that culture I felt like was just perfect. And the fact that they tailgate at ball. Yeah, games, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, it's like a Bills game. I'm perfect. Yeah. I'm fine. I just was walking around the park. I was all by myself. Yeah, I just I was there in town for a trip, and they happened to you know be playing I forget which old Blue Jay prospect almost no hit the Brewers, <laughs> but it was hilarious. Um, I was playing for the Cincinnati Reds, but oh, Deisclafani
1: was it Deisclafani?
0: Might have been. I feel like it was somebody more uh, in our elite prospect level that we you know traded away for nothing, yeah, yeah. like in the Connor Green level. I'm gonna have to look it up because I I every ballpark I go to I say I go to the game. I always will take a, like you, I'll take a picture somewhere in the ballpark with a bunch yep. of things. Some people that follow me on Twitter. That's me and Bob Euchre, the statue I'm right. hanging out with. Yeah. yeah. That's just yeah. all the way up on the 500 level behind home plate. Like as far away from the front row as you can get. It's all Miller beer commercial with Bob Euchre. Yeah. Um, but that ballpark, I was also walking around. And like I said, I just enjoyed it, but I also grab a program at every one I go to. And I actually do the box score so that I think I told you I saw Randy Aros Arena in the minor leagues, yeah, you know. <laughs> and I circled his name, which is something I do for prospects. And I'm like that, that, just in case I ever, you know, see him come to the majors and rake.
1: I'm wondering if I'm right. <laughs> so, yeah, good stuff. I also just remembered speaking of the NL Central. I've been to every AL Central ballpark except for Kansas City. So something about the central ballparks I've been to, like Target Field's amazing. If you can get to Target Field, in Minneapolis, I know, like. Me and my buddy a couple of years ago, we planned, okay, how can you do a road trip that encapsulates as many ballparks as possible? Mi- uh, Minneapolis is just kind of one of those where you just kind of got to do it on your own. So is Colorado because it's in the kind of the middle of nowhere. There's no real anywhere driving distance by there. You could do all the West Coast at the same time. You probably tack on Phoenix with that one for Chase Field. But Minneapolis, Kansas City. It's kind of on its own. Well, you can kind of take in St. Louis, but there's a couple that's kind of out there where you can't really tack on any others. Plus, but state Minneapolis,
0: 16. Me and my dad tried to do seven stadiums in a week, and we started, we drove all the way down to Baltimore, started at Camden Yards, and then worked our way up the East Coast, did Baltimore, <gasps> Philadelphia, both New York teams, got to Boston, couldn't get tickets, and then because we're Blue Jays fans, we actually went all the way around that side of the state to end in Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> So it it was fun, but to that point, like you said, it is really, really hard to get that road trip in and get all those ballparks in in a week.
1: Those, Yeah, and, no, it's tough.
0: You would have, I think you like, I think you had the nail on the head. If you want to do that, you do that in the National League West in the lower pieces because you can either go to Arizona or San Diego to end or start. Yeah, or absolutely. Both.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, start, start in Seattle or if you're Canadian and you want to start in Canada, go to Vancouver, get a Canadians game, drive south to Seattle, then you go time. through Portland and then you do California and then you end up in either Phoenix or you stop in San Diego. And if you want to go to Mexico go for it.
0: <laughs> so, okay, random other birthday wish for this Blue Jay offseason. And I'm just going to go out there and be blunt and say, I for this hawk, I'm Corey fucking Seager. <laughs> yeah, hey,
1: that's kind of where I was leaning too, but I figured that you might say that. Um, so, Corey Seeger for you. <sighs> It's too easy to say both Robbie Ray and Marcus Simeon coming back, so I'm going to say something different. One of Max Scherzer or Justin Verlander. And mm-hmm. for some reason, I think Verlander is actually kind of likely. Um, they're, they watched him pitch. I feel like they would be the type of team to give him a two-year deal at like $20, $25 million. I don't even know what it will take because he's coming off such a major injury, but I feel like the Blue Jays will pay him. Uh, what it will take to get him here, and even if he's not overly good, he's not the same Verlander. Still seeing Verlander on a Blue Jays mound in a Blue Jays uniform, where he's thrown two no hitters, would be fun. So Scherzer or Verlander, just in terms of likelihood, because we've kind of been doing the likelihood scale. I think the likelier one is Verlander.
0: <laughs> I tend to agree with you on that, but I'm right uh, to quote Scott Boris today. I'm taking it to the
1: max. Give me Max Scherzer. Yeah, <laughs> max Scherzer would be cool. He'd be so fun. Imagine watching him pitch. Like, just how amped up he gets for a sold-out Rogers Center in a playoff game. Whew! That'd be awesome.
0: That's uh, that's the stuff of playoff wins right there, my friend. That's all yes. I'm going to say. But other than that, Brendan, you got anything else you would like to add before we do our normal sign-off of two
1: claps and a Ric Flair? Oh, well, now I think of, I'll say happy birthday, Craig. It is an honor to do this podcast with you, as always. Um, we welcome Chris Key back soon, and eventually Adam Corsair. Um, all the best with the family. But uh, no, it's nice to have some actual rumors, some uh, baseball stuff to talk about. We did our best to stretch out thin content the last month, and we're finally at a hot stove season. And it was exciting to talk about this. So oh. let's see what happens. I do think some action can happen over the course of the next couple weeks. And it seems like there's some deals out there that the Blue Jets could close in on. So I'm not going to say next week or two weeks from now we'll have a deal but i will be shocked if it goes any longer than 3 weeks if we don't have a major somewhat major move to talk about
0: yeah there you go and uh to that point brendan i know we we kind of broke our cal ripken like Crazy yeah. <laughs> ass- streak Last week of having our first off day
1: Our off week for that matter and phew, Fuck the better part it's of it. two years We 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 did all Every week last season even though there Was barely any baseball that was still The most remarkable achievement of this podcast In my mind yeah, um, so being able to do that One yeah Yeah
0: but it's That means by the time the season start we got to find A way to celebrate 300 yeah 100% <laughs> So to that point, Blue Jays fans, um, like I said, episode 281 here, it's episode, I think, 10 or so now that we've been officially part of JaysJournal.com and part of the fan-sided podcasting network. Very exciting stuff that we have coming forward. Like I said, we're going to have some better guests and whatnot coming on. You know, not just us two knuckleheads talking like we've been (laughs) for the last two, three
1: years. (laughs) We'll get a third on. We'll get a fourth on.
0: Yeah, we'll get get some good fun round tables going here. we got some fun ideas for the offseason. And make sure you do check us out wherever you can get your podcasting pleasures. And obviously, subscribe to us on YouTube if you're watching. We've had plenty of people coming and going. We're here for you. Come talk with us on the nights we record. It's pretty much every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock Eastern-ish. Usually about 7.15 by the time we get our, you know, catching up for what's going on with the week with each other before we get back on here. But to that point, we are here for you, Blue Jays Nation, and we want to chat. And we are happy to have a beer with each and every one of you. And we're looking forward to that uh, as far as, you know, hopefully holding up some celebratory beers with a World Series win in 2022. But, Brendan, you ready for the two claps and Ric Flair and let's go Blue Jays? Let's do it. Woo let's
1: go blue, blue jays, jays. Mm.